This is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. Yep, just uh, realized and had to crystallize or make it official that I lost $35,000 on a new venture investment. So the purpose of this podcast is to take you through the steps to analyze a loss when you get one. Because regardless of what you're doing, there's an there's a possibility that it's going to fail. You want to obviously, you know, push that to the smallest probability number you can. But even if you're 95% sure, that means 5% you're not sure and you could actually go to zero. So let's talk about what happened. So we have a new venture fund that we invest in angel type investments, startups, and focusing primarily in my interest on real estate and home healthcare. This uh, company um, I was very proud of because I'll, I'll take a step back and tell you a bit of the personal story. So my mom was going to age in place and one of the ways to make that happen so that she could live her entire life at home was to provide technology that would help caregivers and all of us understand that she was okay when she was at home and there may not be a caregiver there. And so I scoured the country, I called companies, I looked at research, I looked at different programs that were out there, and um, all of them had some real deficiencies. One we actually signed up for, and it was just horrific. They had to send a technician in to put in different sensors and all of this stuff, and it just didn't work out. So when I stumbled upon Home Accept, it was a company that was creating these small sensors that talked to each other. So basically, if you put them in a home, they created a web and would tell you if, for example, let's say you put a small sensor on a walker, it would tell you if that walker had moved, when, how far, all that kind of stuff. And you could send, um, you could have it send you notifications through email or text message that there hasn't been movement or um, the person may have moved into another area. And with consent from my mom, we installed these throughout the house. And I was like one of the first beta testers. So I tested it before I seriously got involved as an investor. And then once I got involved, we invested $25,000, which is kind of our limit for new venture funds or, or startups where, that don't have a history of any income generation or it's, um, you know, it's quite a risk. So I looked at them before that and I did some digging and the founder's solid, still solid. I still respect him to this date. Uh, don't blame him for the loss. Hopefully he's learned as I'm going to go through the process of what I learned. So it was a hardware creation company, which is a problem today for me. Um, not as much of a problem back then, because back then it was still, uh, when I say back then we're talking, I'm thinking seven, eight years perhaps. Um, it was it was still novelty to create an incredible piece of hardware that you could do to solve a problem. And, and it was solving my problem. And that was helping my mom age in place. And it did the job. So for probably two or three years, the software and the sensors worked as advertised. And each time there was a new upgrade, they would send it. We would simply, it was easy to install. And um, 
that was really working out great. The company was struggling to find a way to enter the market because, as you know, the the home care market is very fragmented. Um, the um, use of the product in a, say, retirement or nursing home setting is sort of a two-pronged approach because, as we learned with COVID, I'm not sure many nursing home operators want to know, want people to know what's going on, that maybe... Uh, their loved one did not leave their bed all day or their room or did not even get to a chair or go down and have something to eat and so on. So there was a lot of barriers, I think, to entry into that market. And the other problem I have with hardware today, not then, but today, is that it's a bit of a commodity. It's the service or the the support or the subscription model that seems to work, but I like it to be more of a service where it's sort of folded into other services you would provide in the case, in this case of uh, aging in place, which I think it would have an incredible opportunity today. But regardless, it didn't work. And as things were getting difficult, the call went out for some of us investors to help them as they were trying to bridge to a buyout from another company. And at that time, I had started to use the sensors in my beehives. You can go to um, wildflowerbeefarm.com or uh, invest like a honeybee, which is this one, or the ADHD fix, which is another podcast I do. But so I do three podcasts. But for the honeybees, the sensors were working incredibly well because they were so small. I could put them in spots in the top covers, and then link other sensors so that they would um, connect. And these would be sitting outside all winter. The exposed ones that, that were on poles, we put them on poles, and I even posted some of them on the Instagram account for Wildflower Bee Farm. Very effective, great data. The problem was, so that was working out great. And, and my idea of contributing uh, 10 more thousand dollars was to get the, some of the rights to use the product in the honeybee industry. Now, I had looked at all the products available in the honeybee industry. In fact, I had tested some of them and I knew this product was probably much better with a few modifications. The mistake I made in the process because now I was moving into more of an industrial outdoor market that had nothing to do with seniors home care, was investing $10,000 without doing a deep dive into the industrial sensor market. Now, industrial sensors have been around for a long time to look at things like refrigeration systems. When you send a load of fresh fish in a refrigerated container, it's becoming more and more important to be able to verify that the temperature remained as it should throughout the shipping process, for example. In a company called Monit, M-O-N-N-I-T, has been doing this for a very long time and has created incredible industrial food grade type sensors at reasonable cost that you can install or simply place very easily in different situations to monitor temperature and humidity and a number of other methods. But for me, for the beehive, it was te uh, temperature and humidity we're looking for. And I didn't do research into the new area I was investing in, which really was monitoring temperature and humidity in beehives. So the uh, $25,000 initial investment in the uh, company, as I went through the process, 
and looked at it, looked at the founder. The founder was extremely involved in the company, and I'd love to get him on a podcast. I'm hoping that, you know, if he listens to this, he'll consent to come back. Maybe he can't yet because it's uh, too soon for legal and other, but I absolutely, uh, totally support what he did. I have no um, issues or concerns or, you know, anger or anything. I mean, we all go into these things with eyes wide open. We know the failure rate. Um, and I think he did the best he could at the time. So I have no issues there and hopefully he'll come in and tell us what he learned. Because remember the reasons I'm sharing this today, by the way, it's not easy. Uh, when you finally solidify a loss and the reason it just came up again as finally um, a true loss is because of income tax time, you're allowed to deduct a bit of it from your income, not all of it, but I think half of it goes against certain types of income. So you, you get a bit of a reprieve that way but it finally makes it sort of final, I should say, that the loss is, is now experienced. And I'd be interested to know, in his perspective, how he is learning from this. In my case, you know, this is the only way to learn. And I'm, I present it to you so that it's a loss you can learn from without having to experience. Because regardless of what we say about how valuable it is, or if you go back and look at one of my first podcasts about my ice cream company mistake, um, it hurts. It's painful. Um, losing is painful. None of us like to lose or we wouldn't be competitive. We wouldn't be competitive with ourselves primarily. Um, and so it's, uh, it's important to maybe to listen through and, and look at the process. And you probably have other ideas to know where the process may have failed. But um, in my opinion, the main problem perhaps would have been not listening enough to at that time my hardware buzzer went off that I really like service industries and, and service companies that use hardware, but may even be their own hardware, but focus on the service side, which um, I understand quite a bit from my past professional experience. So that may have been the only part in the first 25,000, but the second $10,000 is totally my mistake because I did not go in deep enough and look at the industrial opportunities out there. We now use the Monit sensors in five of our beehives and uh, as I sit here the farthest away from the um, gateway that collects the data is a hive that's 1,400 feet away out in the forest with all kinds of barriers trees you know mounds of land all kinds of things yet we get a continual uh, signal we get updated data and the batteries last up to five years I'm told so it's an incredible product that if I had done my research, I probably would not have gone ahead and uh, signed that final check for $10,000. That's where the process broke down for me. That each time you look at something like that, um, you you have to look at the, the new market. Now, from the beginning, part of this was taking care of my mom, which which was a way to test out the sensors, but also became a functional use for me. So what would two or three years of peace of mind be worth knowing that at many times that data helped us understand that everything was okay even though it was you know 500 yards away we knew that uh, we didn't have to intervene in, in the quality of life and it also helped us when there were staff there because you know she had an exercise program she uh, wanted her to be more you know uh, quality of life issues whatever she wanted to do so so having those sensors helped us understand also the um the quality of the staff that we hired and she hired to help her um 
age in place until she finally passed at the age of 95 in her own home in her sleep. Um, so we were, I'm very grateful for a home except to help us with that. On the investment side, however, I think it's important to look at the lessons. And when you, when you experience something like this, it's not so much the outcome as the process you have to look at. If this was a successful one, and we'll be I will be talking about some successful investments, but I think this, this is strictly about this one. It's important to look at the process, not the outcome. So did you do everything you should have done? And did you follow the process you've identified or I've identified to fully evaluate this opportunity? And I think I did with a few exceptions as I've discussed. But the second investment was certainly done without that type of complete review. So that's how I just lost $35,000. I guess I'm interested to know what you would have done now would you, you know, pull out all and never do another angel investment? Would you stop? Would you um, reassess? How does it make you feel? I think, I think it's important to understand that regardless of what we do, there's a probability of success and a probability of failure. And it's important to really accept that. When we talk about the honeybees, we look at the survival point. This loss, while well, obviously it hurts, when you invest in startups, you know that you could lose absolutely every penny you invest in any startup. And so out of the 25 companies, or 26 now, um, we've been very fortunate that hasn't happened, but it could, um, it could have. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned From His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today. So there's an example. I, I, I throw that out once in a while, which is our book that you can pick up. But I want you to really be careful. So, so first of all, let me finish. That's how I lost $35,000. And I appreciate your comments on that and uh, what you would have done or, or how you would feel if you're going through this situation right now. But I want to I want to caution you about what's happening out there on podcasts and and I I've listened I listen to them on the treadmill, and sometimes while driving and I've noticed that a significant number have many other reasons for having you listen to a podcast and and I just want to assure you that other than our little goofy book um, reminder uh, we have no reason to do this other than to transmit our knowledge and hopefully make it uh, a better place for you so. Please be cautious when you listen to some of the podcasts. I listened to one today, and I don't want to embarrass these people, but <clears throat> highly listened to podcasts. Actually, I listened to two that were in the same sort of boat, both selling other products, but talking about how <clears throat> it was unrealistic for anybody to think they could get a positive cash flow property in Canada or even Europe or other countries and that it was a, a myth and they shouldn't you shouldn't even do that and you should try to buy buildings that... You know, you should eat the loss for a long time. Like all these crazy ideas. And I just listened to this thinking, okay, um, you were part of the problem in 2008. So you experienced some pain. And then you experienced one of the largest run-ups in real estate history. But you forgot about the time in the 1980s when interest rates were 15 to 20%. And there was a real slump in real estate. And you needed to have reserves and you needed to have you know, uh, what I call crash tested your portfolio in real estate so you can withstand 10, 15% interest on mortgages. Plus you had strong cash flow and you had the ability to withstand those kinds of difficulties. And so for me, 
if it doesn't, if it's, and, and most of the world would agree, number one, if it's not a cash flowing property, why are you buying it? Number two, what is the reason you're pushing this? So in other words, why do you tell young people or people starting off that they need to be in a hurry or they're going to miss out? And if they don't buy something right away, don't go out there and they just pick up something, they're, they're going to lose out and all. You don't have to do any of that. In fact, I'm going to do an entire podcast on, um, on this topic uh, probably soon because it's just continuing to proliferate. And as fewer people um, are able to look at opportunities, we're seeing more and more of these types of podcasts and these types of um, sort of pressure on people. Um, so please be careful. I know this isn't going to make me popular and they're probably not going to have me as guests on their shows because that would, you know, that would take a lot of transparency and a lot of critical thinking. And today it seems critical discussion and thinking. Uh, I'm okay if you tell me I'm wrong. Let's talk about it. But many people have trouble if you start challenging their position that has obvious financial implications for them. So this is Hank. And I just want you to remember that this was a story of my loss of $35,000 and it still hurts. You have an amazing day. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today. <laughs>